welcome to Read Play Game, where we look at tabletop role-playing games from every side of the table. Uh, I'm Location Enlo, and I'm going to be our rules lawyer and facilitator for today. I'm Anish Pinamaraju, and I'll be playing today. I'm Tori Jewell, and I'll be playing today. I'm Michael Sparks, and I'll be playing today as well. I'm Aubrey Chanel Dixon, and that was really weird, but I'm also playing today. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, today we've got a special guest on our very second episode. Thank you so Yay! much for joining us, Aubrey. Woohoo. Happy to be here. Very, very happy to have you. Usually, this is where I'd say that this episode is the read portion of our game, but we're actually playing a different kind of game this week. So this is going to be a sort of blend of the read and play segments, if it's too long maybe it'll be two who knows um normally we'd set up characters and or a world in this episode but this game is exclusively about setting up the world so we're just going to jump right in today the game we're going to be playing is a storytelling game called the ground itself where we are going to build our own unique place from the ground itself uh... yeah that's kind of seems like an apt name makes you think uh, the game was created by <laughs> The game was created by Everest Pipkin and can be purchased as a PDF or physically through itch.io or DriveThruRPG. Uh, I believe it's also on their website, so we'll include some links in the episode description. This game is its not the same as a more traditional role-playing game, you know, your D&Ds, your whatever, that, you know, all the other ones. Um, like the ones we might usually play, it's more of a one-session general world-building kind of game. Uh, it's intended to tell a different kind of story than those, uh, I don't know, you got a party of adventurers or something like that. Uh, the, this kind of story is meant to span a certain period of time, variable, variable period of time, uh, a, a lot of different options, um, containing several smaller stories or events uh, within. It's the sort of game that doesn't really focus, like we were talking a little bit about our personal connections to places, which this game aims to acknowledge that those are there but those are not the central point of the story, if that makes sense. So I really like the way that uh, Everest puts it in sort of one of the intro parts of the game, and I'll, I'll, I'll look, in, look at it and actually read it later. But there's like a, events happen and things might happen, but if that event, if that uh, moment leaves the frame of the location, we don't see it. It's gone, you know? So we are, we are sticking the camera in one spot and it is not leaving. So yeah, like I said, this doesn't focus on individual people, but that place where you might have multiple people or whatever entities uh, residing in, or no no entity, it could be empty. Um, as it's summed up sort of in the beginning of the, the, the first line of the summary, this is a game about places over time. Everest also mentioned, just to give a brief, quick history of this kind of game, um, or a little, you know, look into that, they, they mention, uh, later in the thanks section that this game has roots in the quiet year which is another storytelling world storytelling world building game it's been used on a couple you know popular podcasts it's a bit older it originally came out in 2013 and had a revamping in like 2019 which is actually the same year this came out uh, but that one is more about map drawing so you collaboratively collaboratively draw a map of the location and it's also about a community like a specific community of people or you know at whatever entities uh, affected by a societal collapse or apocalyptic event. So sort of the time following, immediately following 
whether it's rebuilding or suffering or, or whatever is going to happen in that immediate time. So that's that's the big difference is that this is like really, really focusing on the land and location. Well, let me ask you something, because like yes. me being such a player centric like brain, mm-hmm. do people ever go back and like play through on that map? Yes, that is that is that is exactly what I was going to say next. Yeah, it's it's gotcha. it's often it's often used as a precursor to like a different kind of game. Sometimes it can be. Or it can just be played in isolation like we're about to do. So, for example, this podcast, the one that I've listened to that uses uh, The Quiet Year is The Adventure Zone. Their first four episodes of one of their arcs is them playing The Quiet Year, and then they play D&D in that setting. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of an effective way for everyone to contribute to it and feel more connected to it. So, viewers, if you like this one, let us know. We'll come back and run something in the world <laughs> i mean if we if we have another i i i guess this kind of getting into what i want to talk to in the game portion too but like if we if we have a game that we play later that's setting agnostic maybe we could just use this one that we've created for fun i don't know um but like i said it in itself is a sort of form of storytelling too so it can be fun to just do this uh in isolation for the same reason you'd play any other any other role-playing game to have a story to make with your friends. I am extremely excited to play this. So we can go into it and I'll start explaining the actual logistics of the games because this one actually, despite the fact that it's not like a traditional role-playing game, it can have role-playing elements in it. So maybe it will, we'll see. Any questions before we jump into that? Just anything burning? No, let's jump in. Oh, the only thing I'll, the only thing I'll say yeah. is like outside. I'm looking at the if if I'm looking at my phone, I'm looking at the manual because I haven't pulled up one. We're not in school, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. Michael. Michael's no snitch. The, <laughs> you guys have the dunce cap. Put him in the corner. <laughs> we just point our finger um, and laugh. Should we also mention uh, that Emma is gone? Or is that? Oh yeah, Emma couldn't make it for this one. <laughs> but which Emma? So. <laughs> that Emma. <laughs> Emma who so valiantly and proficiently ran the last episode which was barbie game thank you emma shout out heart emoji i love emma her presence is still felt like subscribe Um, thinking about you um but very glad to have you aubrey and really excited that you just happened to be in michael's room when when the zoom call started listen no i didn't know this was happening tori was in my home and i was like why is tori here and then I invited myself. <laughs> it's a it's a way to get guests, you know. You gotta you gotta have some guests, right? Yeah. Now you have to listen. <laughs> <laughs> One listener. <laughs> so to actually play the game, what we'll need, or you will need, whoever's playing, is a deck of cards, a d6, a coin, and something to take notes with. It generally works for two to five players. We have five right now for the digital version, which we're playing right now because we're all in different locate. Well. A couple of us are in different locations. Some of us are all in the same location, actually. Um, <laughs> the talking about locations, uh, it's a li- it's a little bit different. The coin is sort of that the coin mechanic will be something else. Will will be used for that. Uh, it'll just be in the chat. Um, so to start, I will look a little bit at the rules and sort of talk through the setup as a sort of overview of the game. There's four segments. The fourth segment is the main gameplay portion, but the first three are also important to the game. Uh, the first one is we kind of actually set up the, we, we come up with the base setting. Uh, so that's where we'll kind of talk through some ideas and all loosely contribute to something. The, then the second game 
is the timeline. That's where we randomly determine whether how long it's how long the game is going to be, like uh, what unit of time is going to be used in our storytelling. Oh, so when you say time, it's not like we're going to be playing for like two hours or three hours. It's literally in this location. Are we going to be playing for like Years. minutes of time? And oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's going to be like like the option. It could be days, weeks, years, decades, centuries, millennia. It could be like like I quit my job for this. Yeah. <laughs> That's how long we're gonna be playing, <laughs> and you guys can't hang out <laughs> until we actually get. So let's hope we get days. <laughs> so yeah, there's a wide variety of possible frames you can use, and then uh, then the third portion is sort of elaborating on the place a little bit with the face cards, and then the actual gameplay part is going to be what happens in the space in the location as we go through. Uh, and I think ev everybody should have some form of the rules in front of them, but I, I will also talk through them as we need. So yeah, a, a key thing that's important to keep in mind while we're telling this story is that there, it might feel like you really want to widen the scope or narrow it in, but it says here, although there may be times during the game when we are compelled to widen or narrow our focus, this is not possible for us. The story we are building is about this place, this field, this star, this city, this tree, this crossroads. No matter how we feel about our characters, if they leave our frame, we may not follow. Our camera is anchored to our place, and we may not pivot or stray. So that's an important sort of guideline to have in your head. Uh, all right, jumping in for our setting. To decide the setting, this should this is going to be collaborative, sort of around the table. I'm going to come up with an order just based on the order of Zoom window or people, I guess, in the Zoom. So I'll go. We'll do a niche. Or, I, mean, I guess we'll start with me because... Let's just do our intro order. Our intro order is perfect. Okay, so for example, this is going to be... Uh, this is just us baseline deciding where this is going to be. This It says here, this may be emergent. For example, one player may suggest a place that involves animals. Another player may amend this suggestion to mean a zoo. A third player may agree, but suggest making it a zoo planet established as a biodiversity reserve in the far future. You may feel out multiple options, but try not to say no to other uh, other suggestions, so improv rules. Um, rather, build on top of the existent ideas or ask clarifying questions to create a place that is everyone's. Uh, remember that everything we see happen over the course of our game occurs in this single location. We cannot move outside of our established frame or see any actions or events elsewhere. Be prepared to spend time in the place that you choose. The place does not need to be thoroughly mapped out. For now, the barest description that may be summed up, summed up in a few sentences will suffice. Um, would somebody be okay with, like, taking note of this, like, writing these down as we come up with it? Yeah. I got a awesome. pen and paper right here. Um, just so we have that. Decide this now. The process should go around to the table and take no more than a few minutes. Everyone should contribute. Actually, I don't want to go first for this because I don't have a setting idea. Um, so if anyone has <laughs> something that they're, like, really, like, whether just thematically or, like, genre-wise, go, go crazy. Jump in. Here's your moment. I, uh... I'm going to confess, I actually came in with a lot of ideas because uh, as soon as you mentioned a game about locations, all like these images from like Studio Ghibli movies and truly like small moments in my life, I I tried to think about what would be interesting settings. And I came up with three separate things um, that I just want to talk about real quick. The first thing I thought about as a setting was old growth forests. Like if you go to California, huge redwood trees um, that just like take up the entirety of the sky. I think just the sheer scale of that sort of nature and what people would do in a location like that really does interest me. 
and it doesn't necessarily have to be redwoods. Just like imagine like a huge forest with like big old maple trees and like towns that just swim in maple syrup, you know, like weird shit like that. Um, but I, th I think big old forests is one thing that interested me. The second idea I had, um, I kind of got this idea from like Skyward Sword and Avatar The Last Airbender. But like, if you remember in the Avatar series, there's the Western Air Temple, which is like this location of temples that are located underneath a cliff. And you could never get there unless you knew how to fly. And that's that's the location I thought of. A location that necessitates a collaboration with something that can fly. And I think it'd be cool if, like, this location means that you need to, like, breed these cool birds to make sure that you can access the location. That's I why I thought Skyward Sword. I think these are interesting, but I think that going, like, like, it's good that you have those ideas, too. But, like, base level, like, we just want to get, like, the simplest descriptions out of there. So you can, you can save simplest those fun ideas for when we're, like, coming up with stuff. Because then you don't want to, like, narrow it okay, too much gotcha. because it's going to change so quickly. But the the, the, oh. the base the base levels are good. You can you can do through that makes sense. But like, I think the the location pitch for that idea is just really high up and truly inaccessible. Yeah, completely cut off from the rest of society. Uh, and the third place I thought of, um, my headphones. I have wired headphones uh, that I keep in my pocket, and my headphones always get tangled up and i don't know where i heard about it but one time i heard somebody describe it as like like munchkins evil munchkins go into your pockets and like twist your headphones just to fuck with you and i just thought of a like i just thought of a life in which tinier beings exist and my mind went again ghibli i think there's that movie mm. the secret life of Arietti? Arietti? Yeah, that's my favorite yeah. one. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. hmm. I've never seen it. I need to. Uh, that wasn't a judge. I'm just interested. <laughs> but I'm nervous about that idea because I don't know what the location of, like, kitchen pantry. Smurfs. Right? What do you do in a pantry for eons? Like I don't know how small you. I mean, can there's get. a there's a that's that's thinking too far away. Let's let's take it like like I like all these ideas. Actually, when you first said the forest thing, my 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 brain went to like little mushroom houses for tiny people. Anyway, um, like, <laughs> like Smurfs and stuff. Um, so I for I, I I I I chose to forego my turn. So I'll jump back in and I'll choose. Um, what if we combined two? What or two or three? What if we were like a forest? on a floating island <laughs> oh, i had some ideas as well talking about stuff when when you described it one of the things i had been thinking of and i don't know if this is because i was i watched like lawrence of arabia recently but i was like what if there's like some kind of city some kind of town or society like surrounded on all sides by desert so like similar to you know places super inaccessible and it could be interesting, honestly, like thinking about that and like talking about like big redwood trees, like a place that's just this bastion of, um, you know, growth, like these huge trees or whatever, but it's surrounded on all sides. Like, you know, like you were saying, someplace like super inaccessible or just surrounded by desert, some, something like that, I think could be interesting. I like that. Mm. It could be something that's sort of like, like a forest mm -hmm. surrounded, like, like an isolated thing for the sake of like 
preserving something maybe yeah. like like this is the last part of the world that has that vegetation and we don't know why the rest of the world won't do it but like this is sort of the the uh the pocket yeah exactly that's what i'm thinking i i really enjoyed I, we're i think we're describing an oasis mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sure yeah yeah so we we can say oasis uh tori and aubrey you guys got any things you want to throw in it could be it could be the smallest details it could be like there's this like there's a river there or something but yeah what yeah. I was just gonna say I like the idea of like um having similar beings of different sizes. Um and I'd be interested in playing with like whether or not they have like separate civilizations or the same civilization. Oh, yeah. I like that variable sizes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that deep in the subterranean of this place is a volcano, like one of those quells of magma or something whoa all right well i think that's a great that's a great great starting point for us to jump in that's that's an oasis with people of various sizes and a um a volcano deep below or maybe a a waiting i don't know We'll, we'll, we'll see what that turns into cool now we do the timeline part this game is played in four cycles uh and each cycle is separated by a gap in time So one player is going to roll the six-sided die and record the result. This will determine the unit of time that this gap is measured in. Uh, And this metric stays for the remainder of the game. So maybe we have Aubrey do it because Aubrey is our guest. Would you like to roll a d6 and determine the number? Sure. Three. All right. Three years. That's good. Um, so that means, so we're going to, the the period of time that the events we're talking about take place in are going to be, you know, whatever period of time, but then there will be gaps and those gaps will be separated by years. So, yeah. Gotcha. So four separate periods of time that we play in, is it essentially 12 years of worth of story in this one location then? It can be, I mean, it, years is uh, is loose, I think. I gotcha. don't think it has to be like three-year segments. I think it can be. What, what it says here is this unit of time will affect the way the story is told. If you roll days, your actions should be quick-paced, happening in a now that may, that may see a few hours pass. If you rolled centuries or millennia, your now may be a few years or even decades. So, like, the events we can talk about when we're coming up with stuff that happened, they can last weeks, months. Months might be the most, most notable metric when our uh, time span is years. Um... Yeah. So that sounds, you will begin by playing in the period of time you established during setup. You will not move around in time until the first gap detailed later. So we start wherever our society is. We have our various people in our oasis. Cool. Moving on to the next segment, establishing our place. Uh, Each player is dealt cards from the face card stack in a circle until no cards are left. And we'll keep that same order that we did things in. I know it got a little messed up, but since it kind of, it, we'll say Anish, because Anish said a first thing, and then I said a thing, and then Michael said a thing, and then Aubrey said a thing, and then Tori, so we'll continue in that order. So we'll just draw cards from the, uh, basically just going into the same circle, each player sets down one card at a time and answers the question associated with that card detailed below. They may read the questions first or pick between their cards at random. Keep going until the world feels established or each player is out of cards, whichever happens first. To keep this discussion under 25 minutes, keep your answers to each question very short. Cool. So starting with Anish, 
I will just pull one out. I'll pull a card out. Here we go. Do we see that card that was just placed? The King of Hearts. King of Hearts. That's your card, Anish. Interesting. What's the uh, question? What stories are told in or about this place? Does it have legends or myths? Does it have religion? Ooh, that's good. Awesome. And I hate to be this person. I also just have a general question about the game. Yeah. Before I answer this. Yeah. How do we break up the four cycles? Is there a, a card we pull that breaks up and makes sure yeah. that we move on to the 10. next? We mm -hmm. draw 10. Yeah. When draw you draw 10. 10, so the actual gameplay will be with the numerical cards. And every time a 10 is drawn, no matter how many cards drawn, no matter how many cards have been drawn before, that indicates a gap. Oh, okay. So we're not even in that portion yet. It is awesome. so I was cool how many different games can be played with a deck of cards. Like the fact mm -hmm. that Tarot started with like deck of cards too, it's just like yeah cool i love learning that there's even like a role-playing game involving cards i had no idea yeah i used cards when we played curse of strahd i used that deck too for uh determining the the events and stuff no like that too oh that's so sick mm. i only asked because the quiet year splits it up based on suit uh, and i didn't know yeah, the suit doesn't matter as the suit only really tells you what the what the genre of question is going to be cool mm -hmm. heck yeah all right Let's read, baby. Good questions to have. King of Hearts. All right. What stories are told in or about this place? Does it have legend or myths? Does it have religion? I think in cultures of isolation, the stories tend to be really wild. Yeah. They're, they don't have that outside influence and... The, the culture affects the imagination or the imagination affects the culture. And I think people need explanations as to why their environment is the way it is. And I think the first thing they need to explain is why the hell this one pocket in the desert is so lush and gorgeous. I think there's definitely a religion. But... It is a polytheistic one. Mm. There are many gods and stories that are told about those gods. And I think this location specifically represents an area of balance and peace in religious mythos. I myself grew up Hindu, and I always heard about stories growing up about asuras and devas, basically angels and demons fighting over things. And I always think about Greek myth and like how a whole pantheon of gods somehow had these like, honestly, like drama filled adventures with each other. What if this place is basically a spot in which the gods mutually agreed to stop fighting? Like, people explained the isolation, and they saw the desert outside, and they saw nothing hospitable, and they thought, if everything around us is inhospitable, then somebody had to make it that way. The gods fought. The god of the sea fought the god of the air. And because of that, there's no water besides the one that rains down upon us in this beautiful little portion. Oh, like right? no bodies of water. Yeah, because it's a desert, right? Mm -hmm. But 
if if this spot only rains, it's because the god of the sea and the god of the air decided to agree upon this neutral ground. So it's all I think about, like deals and agreements. It's it's all about deals and agreements, and this place is all about keeping the balance between those things. So I think there's space for people to differentiate themselves by like which gods they worship. But ultimately, the stories about this place are always going to be about how the gods tentatively agree with each other mm-hmm. for the time being. That this place is a place of balance and it needs to be kept that way. I like that a lot. I, I could see there being stories, too, of like what it was like in the past. Like, you know, the kind of story that no one necessarily knows how to prove because nobody's been alive long enough to know what the world was like back then. But like assumptions, like maybe some people say, yeah, back Back then, the whole world used to be as lush as this, but then et cetera happened. Yeah, that's very interesting to think about. Yeah, and maybe like something about the volcano there too. Like I think elemental, like maybe there's God of Earth and Fire, right? Yeah. Some story there. But I think it's all about a polytheistic system to explain every which thing. I have a question. Um, Do the gods interact with the people of this oasis i think there are periods of drought and then people look up at the sky and say holy shit the gods have beef the gods have beef and they hold a a, a forum in the center of town and they say hey to all the people on the worshiping the 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 sea gods and the persons worshiping the air gods you know can they come to an agreement? Is there something they're doing in their personal lives that are causing mm-hmm. stress? It's all about balance, but I don't think, I think people see the gods in their dreams, okay. but they've never met the god in real life, right? Yeah. So it's not okay. like the Greek gods. It's not like Zeus just slinging around town. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that idea that it's also not based on like specifically smiting people or specifically like like a god is like, I was wronged by this specific group or this specific existing mortal being. And so I'm going to do this because of that. It's more about the beef between the gods themselves. And like the mortals are just kind of there in the fallout. I Mm -hmm. like that. 100%. That's what I think it is. It's just a bunch of tiny people trying to essentially talk it out and find out where the balance is wrong. All right. And I think an interesting thing with that, like talking about the whole uh, congruence of all of the different things, you know, like trees, uh, like nature, rain, volcano is like, you know, thinking about like, you know, how everything kind of works together, like the volcano, maybe uh, like you were talking about, it's when it erupts, it's not like a catastrophe. It brings, you know, minerals that allow the ground. And that's why the ground is able to actually support life. And so like that kind of stuff. I have another question. Is there like a hierarchy between the gods or are they all like pretty equal? Ooh, that's a lovely question. Thank you. I, I, we also don't have to have answers for these questions yet. These could be things that we think about later. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good things to ask, but Anish don't feel like you have to sit here and be like, I'm, I know everything and every God. (laughs) Can you pull a clip bar out of your pocket? Yeah, because you said this one, this section takes like 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I just wanted to say that I don't know the answer to that question. And I think we can find that out. Yeah. 
Awesome. It's a good question. Uh, and, and this game does very much encourage people to ask other people clarifying questions. So okay. it's good to, good to so do that, especially when you've got you. something you're excited about. Cool. Michael, it is your turn for a card. I still don't know if it lets you draw cards, so I'll just give you one. There you go. Do you see that one? I got a king of spades. Let me double check something really quick. I really hope that these are shuffled. They're, okay. Ah, I mean, you wouldn't have two kings back to back. I mean, you could. I feel like they're like they organized by a suit. Oh, oh yeah. you're saying, oh, yeah. oh, that's what you mean. And just since we're in a lull, I'm curious because there's no outsiders, like when there's violence, you just literally, it's within the community, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and like if it's all about balance and whatever, like how do you um, reconcile wrongdoings? Or is there none? That's interesting. I don't know. We'll see. Well, um, it's Michael, you have the king of clubs. It's funny you asked that question. But I thought it's Spain. Oh, wait, do you have a. That's spades? Oh, yeah. Whoops. You know, funny you asked that question, Tori, because king of spades means if there are multiple people who live here, what are they divided on? What are the points of contention that are fought over? Hey. And this kind of goes directly uh, into or that question. Y- you, can, there's, you can also ask the other question, too. It oh. says, or the other one. But honestly, that one feels relevant to what we were just talking about. Right. But you can read the other one if you want to, just to decide. Oh, and this is a clarifying question for the game. So, so for the different sections, it's like... Like, for me, like, I I have my idea. People ask questions. It's not, like, collaborative. It's, like, each person, like, contributes their own individual thing. You are deciding this, and people can't negate it, uh, at least in... Why did it think I was doing a thumbs up? Zoom is so weird. <laughs> um, and uh, you can't negate it uh, when they're, like, talking. You can add on to it later when you are when you have a section, but you mm. the clarifying questions is, like, if something is unclear i see i see i see or or if something is like interesting it's all about like if we're interested in the lore of the world we're creating that's great okay cool i understand now okay cool so uh we're going based off the multiple people hmm so we talked a bit about the religious aspect of it um and i think my idea for the conflicts um initially i was thinking like maybe it's kind of a garden of eden situation where people don't really know anything about i mean i do think i do think there's something where people don't know anything about the outside world or you know the things outside of this one area they're in um where it's an interesting question because is there do they ever learn anything about outside is there um you know this idea of these people who are there do they have this thing where they're trying some maybe some people want to leave and maybe that could be where the conflict is um i think that could be you know an interesting thing where a lot of the conflict and the disagreements where people get divided upon is you know they're living in this place where everything is provided for them but maybe some people want to leave they feel like they have to um like they have to pray, they feel like they have to do these specific things to please these gods, uh, and like to be able to live in harmony with everyone else around them, and they want to do their own thing and live their own life. And so maybe that's where a lot of the conflict comes, where um, if people want to leave, um, there's a huge split that happens between people. I think that could be one. It could also be something. Um, like like we were talking about earlier, where maybe if there is a fight going on, like with the gods, where rain is not falling, where 
they are not being provided with the specific thing. They're not able to provide for themselves in the way that they usually do. I think because they're living in this kind of oasis, because they're living in this place of like peace and this bastion of um, wealth of resources, if they're when those times do come where they don't have those things readily available, I feel like people don't might not necessarily know how to provide for themselves um, on their own without this support. And I think that's where some of the difficulties can come in. Yeah, I think that adds, uh, I mean, it makes sense that there's so many different possible points of contention. Um, and I wonder how violent it gets when there's disagreements. I wonder if there is, maybe it doesn't, maybe it's all just like, what, who, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I feel like, the way I picture it is I feel like they don't really know about things like war uh, sure. and violence and stuff. So maybe maybe there is, I mean, you know, people like shoving or whatever, but I don't think they have things like weapons. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know, uh, like fist fisticuffs. Uh, but well, that's very much possible. This could be like, like it's possible that if they don't have it now, we could discover that they yeah figure it out in our story that so like it is it is very possible that they are mm -hmm. just fully i think that's very interesting like you said garden of eden sort of vibe where mm -hmm. it's like what's going on here yeah innocent that also makes me think though like garden of eden a vibe like how finite are resources like is that something they're fighting over mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. yeah maybe maybe that also could be a thing to explore in the future where it's like maybe if there have been fights uh like anish was talking they they happen they're you know a day a few like a day or two like nothing terrible like they obviously they have like stockpiles maybe maybe they don't have stockpiles because they never have to worry about that i have a question in reference to our earlier conversations about our location um i know aubrey mentioned wanting to include different types of people living in one location uh, I, I don't think we've fleshed out the different types of people, and maybe the conflicts can be a good place to flesh them out. Well, that's actually so. I already drew my card just because I was trying to see if it was shuffled, and that's pretty perfect. That goes right into my um, my little mm -hmm. thing. If we we're love good a segue. with, yeah. <laughs> so my question: I drew the Jack of Hearts, which is who lives here? What is an average person like in this place? What do they look like? What do they want? What do they wear? I can do that or describe the flora and fauna. What is the landscape like? What animals and plants call it home? Um, I actually kind of want to answer both of those questions a little bit because I am hooked on the idea of like little mushrooms, <laughs> like like mushroom houses and stuff. Yeah. So like I'm imagining not only are the people, I think the people are very like, not only are they various sizes, I think there's mushrooms that are also various sizes. So I think that there's like, there's, Lots and lots of mushrooms, I think, all over this little forest. And they can be very small, like normal-sized mushrooms, or huge, like Minecraft. Like, <laughs> like I was just, just going to say Minecraft. Somebody had to say yeah. Minecraft. Mushrooms? Yeah, exactly. like so this is like a Minecraft world with just two biomes, and one of them is a mushroom forest. Cool. Um, and I think that, I don't think it, it, it has to be like, it's not a lot of mushrooms, but it's enough that like, maybe that could be a primary way of farming that they have. That's, that's getting out of my actual question. But I think that the houses are mushrooms and that's what I really want. And that these are, these are people that live in whatever size mushroom corresponds with their size. So like 
there's huge mushrooms and like the people our size might live there. And then in the normal mushrooms, little tiny people live in those. And I also, maybe this is a little crazy. I think these people in terms of what they actually look like, I think that maybe they are like, like animals, like they are like animal people. Like they're, they have thinking they have like smarter brains like we do, but they all, (laughs) it's kind of animal crossing. Like they're all similar in like the in on the inside, you know, in, in the way they behave and act, but they all are descended from different animals. And that is like, maybe there doesn't have to be animals that in our traditions, traditional sense, like the animals we have, like little mice and little, you know, like, like tiger, big tigers or something. But I think that like, I, I think that maybe these people are, their size is reflected by what kind of animal they're descended from in a way. I like that. Then I have a clarifying question. Yeah. Is this society, do they eat meat? I think they eat mushrooms, mostly. <laughs> yeah. You know. Vegetarian vibes. Really giving me a new meaning to eat me out of house and home. <laughs> I think I think that it's because I was, I was thinking about that because I was like, am I just creating Zootopia where like some of the people yeah. are like descended from from predators and some are prey, but I don't think they're eating each other. Um, so like maybe maybe it's not animals in the traditional sense. Maybe it's like like think of the distinctions between like D and D races. Like you've got your elves, your elves, your tieflings, your like halflings. So it's kind of like that, but maybe they're a little bit more like they look a little bit like fursonas or something. You know, <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's a bunch of different size furries living in mushrooms. I, I'm losing it. I'm losing I do. The, I do want to get specific with bit, it. They're all rakshasas. Yeah. Are they all mammals, or is is there a cricket in a top hat no. entering its mushroom? I think that there's little crickets and stuff too. I don't think that they, and I think that they're humanoid in a way. I don't think that they are. I think that it can be like variable, but maybe like humanoid in like a Disney way. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I guess I am just saying Zootopia, but I think they yeah. also wear little mushrooms. But there's club. no racism here. Yeah, just just vibes. They have not. Got, they have no racism in this society. Um, Hell yeah. Do they? Um, but, I have a second question. Do they wear clothes? Yeah. Is there yeah, a I sense think of individualism clothes. amongst these these denizens? I think there's a lot of different colors of mushrooms, and I think that the mushroom there are some kinds of mushrooms that are more rare not spongy but like like the the texture of them they can be used to make clothes rather than food i think that there's a lot of different kinds of mushrooms for the different purposes i've gotten i've very much changed the vibe of this place i think to a very specific kind of thing but just wait till the volcano goes um, off do they do they do they have mushrooms kind of like they have snails in one piece maybe if i could answer that i would um <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. Uh, Anish, does what he say checks out? Oh, God, I just called him a nerd. Um, <laughs> well, basically, in One Piece, the snails are okay, phones. I, I forget I asked. <laughs> I will say, I do like how it, because at first I was thinking, and I was like, this has a very much like 2010 dystopian vibe, and now it it, it does feel like a Pixar film. <laughs> I like both of those yeah, things. Yeah, I... I feel like I'm also picturing a little bit of like a what's what's the what's that one like cartoon comic thing, uh, Moomin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like making me think of Moomin a little bit, um, which according to my friend Drew is pronounced Moomi, 
because he went to like Belgium or something or where they're from, and that's how they they actually pronounce it in the language. So mushrooms. Um, yeah. Mushrooms. There's mushrooms. Yeah. Holy maybe, shit. Maybe, okay, 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 okay. I'm so sorry. I know that I was like everything should be short, but what if what if these these animals like like the kind of animal is also corresponding to the size. So each different kind of animal is a different size. So like all people of one size are the same animal, but also they're like different colors related related to mushrooms in this in the way that like based on the mushroom proximity. So that we don't have biomes, but there are different sub biomes of mushrooms, like different colors of mushrooms. And it's like maybe it's like um flamingos where they eat the pink and so they become yeah. pink. So yeah, yeah. when they live with things, they're they're different colors. I love this. Anyway, okay. That we can move on from mine. Uh, let me draw a card for who did I say was next? Aubrey. Aubrey, you've got the Jack of Clubs. And I think that because at the time, we'll just each do one card. And then I think it should be fleshed out by then. Like, we've got some good details. What was this place in the past? How long ago was that? So I was actually already thinking about this. I'm so glad I got this question. I perfect. like to think that this is like, I feel like at some point, this oasis was something else. And then it was nothing for a very long time. Maybe because the gods were having a really big, like, Noah's Ark level kind of war wiped out everything. And then when they were rebuilding everything back up after eons and eons of fighting because they're gods and they have nothing else to do, they were like, this one spot, no fighting here. And that's what it became in t- today in the terms of our world. That's my thought. So it kind of looks like maybe like a like a succession sort of thing, like like natural succession where you start from nothing and then things grow very slowly mm-hmm. and it's like over thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's been like this for a good enough time that they have like a very established society, but not long enough that there's not some level of threat of the past. Like they're lax, but they haven't forgotten. Yes. Yes. My question is, what are what's their record keeping like of the past? Is it just like a question mark? Oh, that's before a, mm-hmm. that's a great question. So I think that I don't when listen, something I've been spending a lot of time with the Greek gods in my life, and I feel like and I think I like the idea of them, like one of the gods, like that's their their followers record history, but you know, they're not going to be fully honest. So I think that there are some big gaps and maybe the people were, were coming up on a conflict with the people between them and the gods because they are noticing that there are some significant gaps in their history. And that, mm-hmm. the... The gods are upset at the gaps, or the people are. People are upset at the gaps. gaps. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah, that's a that's another interesting point to pull in a possible uh, point of conflict. Because I'm curious, do they know there's a volcano underneath them? I, I think actually that's a great question. I think I like the idea that the gods know the people don't. Got it. There's like a, there's like some myth or legend behind it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But they like it, it's a myth or a legend to them. They it's been long enough that they don't remember it being there. Oh. And that makes a lot of sense too. I think having that volcano dormant there and like under them, I think that that's a very real threat that the gods could just snap and then everything's mm-hmm. not gone. And again. maybe that's why they're those blanks because they don't want to mention it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the the lost period of history. We have the pond glyphs. Um, cool, Tori. You want your please? Card? <laughs> Queen of Hearts. Yay. Okay. Who or what, a person, landmark, society, has been in this place the longest? How did they come to be here? Okay, great. I'm going to say mushrooms to my knowledge. 
communicate through their roots. Mm -hmm. And I think the meme I saw on Twitter was like, they're sharing memes you can't begin to fathom. (laughs) So I'm going to say that what has been there the longest is the ground itself, the roots beneath it, the communication, because even after a mushroom decays, question mark, do they decay? Their bits will be in the soil. Mm-hmm. And um. yeah, I would say if there's wars, if there's something, like it all has to coalesce somewhere and it's being kept in those layers underground. I was going to say, is it something like with, uh, with like the oldest... Uh, organism on earth is this like aspen these aspen trees because they're all like connected together do you think like the mushrooms are like all connected well i mean i would i would assume all the mushroom houses can communicate to each other so that's almost like an extra society in there where you've got the people who live there but then the actual houses Mm. have some kind of shared communication themselves i'm curious so the folks who live there don't know what's outside of this oasis Mm-hmm. do we like is it literally there's no life except for this spot we can know because we in a way are those gods <laughs> what do y'all think i actually i want to i want to ask a question because this is the ground itself the game about the one location do we that's need to true. care good the point. scope good point we should that's i don't think that we should we do because i think we've decided yeah, that our frame seems the f- is that little like maybe 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 it includes like half a mile of oasis around it just like as a circle but i don't think we know anything beyond good idea that. great yeah. thank you it, yep in my brain it's like if the story is about this location and the people there we should we should frame it in in the people's perspectives like a bear in a top hat looks into the distance um and he's like i wonder i wonder what would happen if i just walked and kept walking Circle. 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 Who knows? And it's possible that other there's more stuff out there that we haven't decided yet that will maybe show up. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Like, but as long as it's in our space, I don't know. Cool. But that's hold on. Great I have a, qu- a clarifying question. Please. Right, so we're going on the assumption that the mushrooms are the oldest things there, and they know. Do is where they pop up correlated with like the flora and fauna of the area. Like, are there certain types of mushrooms around where the volcano lies? Um, are there certain types of mushroom around the water? They just kind of like, do they just do their own thing? I don't know. Um, I'm gonna connect this question to our religion point where it's everything's balanced and everything's connected. Um, so I would say yes, that the different types of mushrooms, we understand that they correlate to who's living inside them, what kind of species, and then proximity. Okay. Are there trees here? Is it just mushroom? There's trees. There's trees. So maybe depending on the kind of tree or what... And I'm thinking of the roots. So like the tree roots, you probably can't have a huge tree and a huge mushroom beside each other. Mm -hmm. Um, So my guess is that's probably dependent on what's underneath. And like if there's a mountainous area and the rock is deep in there, you probably can't have a mushroom near there if it can't burrow itself. These also don't necessarily have to be mushrooms in our traditional understanding of it. Maybe they are some kind of entity that, like, are similar to mushrooms, but, like... like, Alien mushrooms. Yeah, they they can coexist in a way that other things might not. I don't know. I don't know. Cool. Um, Okay. All right, now we move into the actual game. (laughs) Yeah. This is like playing Uh, mermaids, where the setup takes such a long time (laughs) that you only play for, like, ten minutes. Yeah. (laughs) 
Hey, thanks for listening so far. Uh, if you couldn't tell by the runtime, the play portion for these episodes turned out to be pretty long. So uh, we ended up splitting this section into two different parts, which we're going to release uh, in separate weeks as separate episodes. Um, we also recorded these episodes late on a Sunday night, so you might notice uh, toward the end of the second episode, our pacing picks up a little bit toward the conclusion. Know that if we seem a bit rushed or tired in that one, it is only because we got completely immersed in the game and lost track of time. It was such a blast. So if you are interested in playing The Ground Itself yourself, you can find it on Everest Pipkin's website, everestpipkin.com, or their itch.io page, everestpipkin.itch.io. And you can also support them at, uh, on Patreon at patreon.com slash everestpipkin. Uh, I also want to note that for the read-play episodes, uh, there were a couple audio issues. Our recording setup was kind of weird. Uh, I promise it's better for the game episode and for future episodes. It was just for that that specific setup. It is our second, you know, set of episodes, so we're still we're still figuring out exactly what the best best way to record is. Uh, so we appreciate you sticking through uh, anything like that, but. Despite any audio issues, we are so grateful our friend Aubrey could join us for this episode. Um, like many role-playing groups, people are always filtering in and out, so we're excited for any future guests that have yet to join the table. But nothing gets us more excited than your RPG suggestions, so if you have a role-playing game you'd like us to try, please email your recommendation to readplaygamepod at gmail.com or message us on any of our socials listed in the description. We randomly select the RPGs we play, so if you suggest one, there's a good chance it'll get selected. And finally, I know this is a very long um, middle section for an already long episode, but we want to give a huge thanks for all the support we've received after our first set of episodes. We are really glad that people are enjoying the show, um, and we appreciate all of the kind messages we've got and, and all of the feedback, too, because like I said, we're, we're just getting started and we'll only improve from here on out. So uh, if you enjoy listening to this podcast as much as we enjoy making it, consider sharing it with a friend, uh, rating it, whatever you like. Thank you. Uh, that is it. So we can jump back into the episode. All right, we've created a very, very cool and fleshed out setting, I think. So I'm very excited to explore it a little bit. I really love this game. This game is so cool. It's really cool so far. They don't account for the fact that we talk about things a lot. Well, I watched a stream of people doing it too. Um, and they were kind of get, doing the same exact thing where people just get so excited about the things <laughs> that they're doing. And they ask so many clarifying <laughs> questions that the, the facilitator also had to be like, hey guys, uh, right, let's move on. Let's, let's, let's go on. Because this is in a, in a game, in a world where you're playing this as just friends sitting around, it's definitely a, let's take as much time as we want. I just want there to be such a big conflict. <laughs> And maybe, that, maybe, that's the, maybe that's the Shakespeare buff in me, but I'm just like, more. I do think we're kind of setting that up a little bit. Like, there, like I had, like, one idea, and maybe I, this could possibly be a thing to save, but, like, a lot of the times when trees, you know, fall, mushrooms, like, fungus, like, grows out of, like, the decaying tree. Mark, you're going to have to finish that thought. No, right, no, no, right. no, like, you know, well, like, yeah. mushroom, <laughs> mushroom versus tree. Tree fight? 
Good fight tree, bad fight tree, tree down, mushroom up. Well, then it sounds like the mushrooms always win, because... I don't know. <laughs> I kind of want to leave all this in. This I don't want to edit this out. <laughs> well, I have a question, Michael. Are the people just watching the mushrooms and trees fight, or are they just watching this happen? I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Clarifying <laughs> questions are important. <laughs> that post where it's like, who would win, a hundred soldiers or one stick? And somebody was like, how the, how would the stick win? He's like, you break it, now there's two sticks. <laughs> <laughs> so you got like uh no it's like oh and you know do they milk you know like how you can milk a mushroom and you get Ooh. like mushroom soup yeah you like the animals you can, can have we be a mushroom very clear? Like, a, like a maple tree and get mushroom syrup can we can we be can we be very clear do the animals have livestock do the animals have animals we don't know yeah, let's find out that's what i was asking yeah they I, if they want like milk or butter or anything, they go to they go to the little. We can. The, I think they're we can, we can flip the coin, right? When we do, we want to oh, make sure yeah, we draw I a boundary. Yeah, I to talk about that mechanic. Fuck, I should have talked about the fucking. <laughs> my 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 virtual coin is the animals cannot have animals. No pets, no nothing. It's just so weird to me. Okay, look. Well, think about it. If what I if was... the dog had a cat? They have a bonsai. Like, um. <laughs> Like a bonsai, but it's a mushroom. You know, like bonsai trees? Yes. No. <laughs> oh, bonsai? Yeah, bonsai. Oh, you went to Japan. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. <laughs> sorry, that's the actual pronunciation. <laughs> Are we leaving this all in? <laughs> I think so. I like it so much. Anyway, I think I do have to talk about... I'm going to talk about the coin thing. I should have talked about it uh, half an hour ago, but... Um, so there's another mechanic to this game that that is just a safety mechanic that you've got like in a lot of games. Uh, so the safety mechanic normally is um, place the it's a you have a coin, just a you know two sided coin. Uh, you place it on the table heads up. This is a consent mechanic. Some stories are hard to tell, and some games are scary to play. I'm, I'm reading this straight from the. Uh, if this coin is flipped to tails at any point by any player, the game must immediately pause. It may not be resumed until everyone takes a break and discusses the reason for the pause and any possible adjustments to the story that need to be made. Only after collectively deciding whether to end or continue the, the uh, continue, may the coin be flipped back and the game resume. So since we're playing remotely, that mechanic just in the chat of Roll20 or even in Zoom, you can just type stop in all, uh, stop in whatever letters, um, and we can do that. Um, or there's also this safety deck. I don't know if you guys can see that. But if you place the safety card, the, the red X, you can do that. Too. Oh, safety deck. Hmm. So that way, that, that way, if you feel like if you feel like you want to stop it, you want it to be more anonymous, you can just. OK, I lost it, though. Where is she? Oh, yeah. Let me recall. Uh, stop. You have violated the law. Pay the court a fine or serve your sentence. Oh, there we go. OK, moving forward. Let's jump into the main gameplay. Uh, during our four cycles of gameplay, players draw cards from the numerical pile. Each type of card is associated with a set of questions, which are answered in order. For example, the first time the player draws an ace of any suit, they would answer the first question listed under aces. The second time that it is drawn, a an ace is drawn, a player would answer the second one, and so forth. Read the question out loud, narrate your answer to the group, and then discard the card in the discard pile. Um, the group may ask follow-up or clarifying questions, but may not contradict what you have expressly said. The player may also discard the card before addressing the question and enter a... Okay, this is another... So this is... You can either answer answer any of those questions or you can just ignore the questions if you don't want if you don't feel like it and go into a focused situation. This is where potential role-playing comes in. 
if you decide you look at your question that you've drawn and you don't like it or don't feel like answering that or just really have an idea for one of these focus situations you can say i'm entering a focus situation and you can do one of six things one tell a story two throw a party three discover something four see an omen five leave the frame six or move on skipping this turn I will explain what each of those are really quick, just so everybody knows what they would be getting into. Focused situations, uh, when you discard them, you can discard any card except for a 10, because 10s are special. If you choose tell a story, the player who has drawn this card adopts or invents a storytelling character in-game. Briefly describe them, their name, what they sound like. They may be an old bard, an entertainer on TV, a parent with a bedtime book, or something more abstract like a bird calling at the morning. Other players may enter the scene as listeners who may choose to interrupt to ask questions, roleplay, or narrate telling the story. The story that is told is known as a fiction or legend, not an actual course of in-game events. However, the stories we tell about our world are as important as the things that happen in it. So this is literally like you becoming this character telling a story about it. Uh, and then other people can be characters listening if they want. Um, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can also choose to throw a party. The player describes the situation of the party. A birthday, a ball, a festival in the street, the spring when flowers all bloom, and every player picks or invents a character or thing that attends. Role play or narrate as these characters chatting idly, sorry, chatting idly, dancing, having cake, or merely existing in splendor. Topics of the larger story or situation may come up in these conversations, but do not act on the big things in any tangible way at the party. They are just a topic of gossip for a very good day. So that's just us coming up with a role-playing scenario. You can also choose to discover something. This is a chance to name a fact that enters the world whole cloth. Maybe a teenager unearths some strange old artifact, or a chemist synthesizes a new periodic element, or a water main breaks down the street. Do not add details to past events. This is a discovery that is happening right now. Narrate what was discovered and why it is important. You can also choose to see an omen. Here, the player may gesture at a future possibility. An omen may be the classic type, a comet or a spell gone awry or something that points at the materiality of the world, a hungry animal in from a famine uh, in the countryside or an heir to the throne that sickens ahead of a coup. This is a chance to set things in motion. The player narrates what is seen by who and how it is perceived by those that hear the news. Or you can leave the frame. Just for a second, the window widens and we are able to see a little bit more of our world. You may ask, what is the mountain like to the north of our house? Are there massing armies on the sea? What type of dogs do the neighbors have? Or anything else that you might wish to know. You get one question and the table collectively answers. Then the world snaps back. Or you can choose to move on. The player skips this turn, merely discarding the card and letting the action rest up elsewhere if you don't really have anything that you feel like you can really add at the moment. Does that all sound good? Yes. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Then the, the actual questions that you can decide to skip if you want are on pages 20 and 21 and 22, 23. So 19 or 18 and 19 are the focus situations and the other ones are the, the base questions. Uh, however, um, that still counts as that number of the questions. So if you do discard a card, that's still like the first or second ace that's been drawn. Also, if the card drawn is a 10, the cycle ends moving us forward in time. So we will get to that when we actually draw a 10. So potentially we could draw four 10s in a row and be done like... Yes, and nothing happens. That's not going to happen. That's why I said I jinxed it. Um, All right. I am shuffling the numerical cards deck, and we'll go in the same order we went in before. So Anish, your card is the Three of Clubs. Go ahead and read the question for the Three of Clubs. 
or sorry, the the suit does not matter. Just go to threes and read the first question. Copy that. I am going to page 20 and 21. Threes, and this is our first three. I'll keep a yep. note of all our numbers. Very good. To do. First three. What do people listen to and perform here? What is considered the folk art? Mm. Mm. Folk, one of my favorite genres of music. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Hmm. We have access to trees, as we said. And, oh, this is so simple. I think that a lot of the sounds here are very um, acoustic, like banjo or, God, I know in the mountains they have that one instrument that's like just two strings or one string that you play with like uh, a bow. I don't know what it's called. I don't remember what it's called, but I, I know what you're talking about. Right? Mm. I think it's a lot of that sort of sound. Um, Banjo-y, um, mountain-y type of real-world vibes. And very specifically, I think the mushrooms can also double as weird drums. Nice. I love that. I think it's a lot of percussion. And I think there's a huge culture of performance. I think specifically in a polytheistic culture, people will specify what types of instruments are associated with what type of gods. If, again, we re we revisit our example from before, it hasn't rained in a while, maybe people are arguing and there's conflict brewing. But in this city where the stories are all based around peace, maybe people come together and say, all right, get those weird blue mushrooms over there. We're going to play like the steel drums, you know, I, I just think it'd be it'd be sick if every different type of mushroom had a different type of percussive sound. That's fun. Under the um, I have a question. Yeah. All right. So tie in because you brought up the gods made me think. So are our gods like purely like elemental and like nature based or like is there like a god of music? I think the more the merrier. Cool. Cool. Um. I'm not necessarily sure, and again, maybe this changes over the course of the game, but I think if there's a basic category of concept, that there's probably stories about gods for because that concept. I feel like disagreement will come up in any genre. Like, people are going to disagree over the kind of music they like. People are going to disagree over, like their favorite colors. So there could be mm -hmm. a god of blue, a god of blue mushrooms like, are better than red mushrooms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And in keeping with those stories, I think theater is really important here. I oh, think fantastic. there are <laughs> excellent <Thank God>. news. <laughs> Masterful <Every> set. <laughs> um, I think again, ancient Greece. Um, but I think these animal folks build these little amphitheaters, and they recount stories of war, and the tragedies are about the importance of keeping conflicts at bay and maybe maybe what changes over time is the type of art that is made and the stories that are told through the theaters but i think there are roots in the theater in which the purpose of theater was to stress that this society needs peace to work i will say i do have one question 
with that, like about about like theater and stuff. Because um, I th- I think we talked briefly about like maybe they don't know like what like war or, like fight violence is. So could there uh, is it even something? Would it be like like some kind of ethereal? Like what do you think? Mm, that is a good point. I, I have. A- I have kind of a related thought or question. It doesn't have to be something deciding what you have, but like my thought is what if there are plays of, like in, in the Greek, in the, in the Greek fashion, like what if there are plays about gods sometimes mm-hmm. about like where characters where actors portray gods um, and they act out their disagreements on the stage in some way, sort of humanized. Um, also, that doesn't have to be a thing. That's just an idea. I think, um, I think that actually works really well, knowing that we have a society, especially of like different sized people, especially with like Greek ancient theater, a big um a big plot device is duet machina. And you don't you and they used to like come up with these like giant cranes to like bring people in to like create the vibe of being a god and like if you have big people, you just use the big people. <laughs> Oh, I feel like this is what happens when you get a bunch of people who took Drama 120 in a room. This uh, is, sorry, this is... actually, one of, some of us made our own classical Greek drama uh, minor in the better. classics department, uh, actually. Oh, dear. We're all theater kids, aren't we? Um, That's how we met. I mean, I took comp sci. I don't so know. So did I, Michael. We were in uh-huh. class together. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, so did I. Yes. <laughs> I, I actually think the I actually think the society has a, a programmers. <laughs> I'm vetoing. Yeah, that. where um, are the gamers in the society? Where's that question? <laughs> Aubrey, you were talking, and I had a thought. Um, what if what if conflicts are solved through improv? Yeah. Um, can I, I put it. a veto yes, on that? <laughs> No, I love this whole- no, 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 no. Hear me out, right? Hear me out. In our <gasps> our society, we have priests, right? They go to school, right? And they study and they are, they serve as like a messenger to to the gods. Like I speak on behalf to spread the message. What if, again, there are different people who worship different types of gods, right? What if you're like a huge rain god fan? And then another person is a huge music fan. And then in the town, the rain is making all the instruments wet. And it's making it hard to have concerts. What if randomly selected a representative of each of those communities put on a show and improv <laughs> and, and what if they improvised... I just have like a so, very vivid image of like two people like giving the improv performance of their life and then looking up at the sky like arms crossed, <laughs> just like, are you gonna stop or <laughs> I like what if what if that's how it went? They're just passive aggressively performing to get things to work the way they want. <laughs> I don't know if it yields material results, like if the gods are paying attention. And they're like, man, that was a good one, right? Oh, that I I don't know if it has material, like that actually gives me a really really good idea to like bounce off that with um you know talking about like people performing for like various gods. What if what if it's like you know with the priests, pastor things? They're the specific people that the gods like speak through, and it's like the improv is like the gods speaking through them through their music through whatever, and that's how they converse. I had a similar thought where, like, 
I don't want to know but your idea, Anish, but like a concept where it's maybe like maybe in addition or in a way like improv, but they do choose a person who is speaking, could they, like speaking for the God in a way, like they designate as that speaker, which I guess would be improv. Like they're improving what like the God might be saying or like their argument for that. Is it just like a debate? Well, okay. What I remember from earlier is you said that the gods aren't one-on-one-ing, but right. everybody considers what they're dreaming to be some kind of communication from the gods is mm-hmm. what I remember, um, which to me would translate to like everyone has some kind of communication um, because cynically I'm like, well, if you have somebody representing a god, they're like, okay, well, my god told me that we deserve all the resources. Mm-hmm. So now what? Um, I I think the reason I fight for this specific idea, that there's no fixed representative for the, the, the improv sphere, right? The reason I say that is because what it does create is an environment where, like, Joe Schmo is drinking his mud water one morning, and then somebody knocks on his door and is like, dude, uh, you're, you're the rain god. So they just have, like, a goblet like- of fire situation? Yeah. Like, Harry, it, did you put your cup in the goblet of fire? He said, no. I, I like it, and it feels a little bit like a kind of thing that might manifest in a in a world where there is no direct intervention from the gods in the lives of mere mortals. I And we've been kind of talking around the idea so far, but, like, Aubrey, I think you've mentioned the gods in a very material way um, in some of our conversations. Um, I don't know personally still if the gods are real and if they do talk to these people but, but i think, think in, they're real i they 100% think they're real and i think it really does materially affect them in certain ways so improv theater culture to resolve conflicts if if that is what we end up going with for a part of our answer to this question what i think it does is keep it keeps everybody conscious culturally of what's happening and like what conflicts are happening in the community as well because at any point you are the representative you have the potential to make this conflict resolved so it's kind of like an ultimate form of of representative democracy this yes. is the ultimate showdown. I'm sure there's some sort of drama that will ensue oh, there's, because there's always drama with drama kids. Easily. Well, just, yeah, it's just, yeah. There's too much variable. It's like someone's just, people just aren't honest. Not people. Not everyone is going to be honest about the things that they're feeling and the things that they're hearing, the things that they're seeing in their dreams. And they're going to, yeah. people are, some people are inherently selfish and they're going to want that's why I said they're gonna want the resources for themselves and their people. Oh yeah, big people. I, I'm just go ahead. Does it location? No, you go ahead because I'm <laughs> Five Nights Sister location. Um, I just <laughs> breach. I just am ruined. sitting here imagining our vegan improv um, community, <laughs> and there was this tweet where you know the picture series where it's like the photographer takes a picture before and after he tells the subject like your smile's beautiful, and they're like all lit up. It's those in reverse, so they're lit up, and then they're, like, subdued, and it's, like, <laughs> before and after you tell them the commune already has a resident, like, playwright performer. <laughs> and, then, and then they're, like, edited with, like, mine hats on. It's, like, no, we need miners and farmers. 
Can we need trades people? Um, we can't all just be frolicking around in the fields. You're not the god representative for today. Oh, fuck you. me. Oh, I don't okay, know why I did this. I have a quick question before we move on. Anish, are they, as like a whole, like, is it like exciting to be picked as a representative or is it like a very big, like, I think it is a lot of individual pressure for anybody who gets selected. I'm sure there are people who do theater that, you know, theater that doesn't have stakes to it. Um, and they, they're like, oh, my God, I'm super excited and honored. But if I fuck this up, everybody's going to be mad at me. I bet there's people that like wait their whole lives to get selected and then never do. Like to me, it's it feels like the Hunger Games in a way, or like in some districts, like some people like some people just train for it all their lives so that they can do it, and that's like their whole life. But then in other places, some people are like, "Please God, don't be me." Yeah, and I'm sure the method of selected somebody is like very esoteric as well. Like you, you flip a coin, or like you roll a couple like shells on the ground. And it's like divined. I don't know who gets to choose or what, but I think it should be random. Um, I think that, that this is all so interesting. And because this is your question, you get to decide. So ultimately, yeah, the improv is a thing. So, um, however, how long should these answers be? I was about <laughs> to say so long. I was just going to say that that was one question. And I think it's so, and we've gotten a lot of mileage out of it. So I think that we can, let's just try to keep the next ones shorter. Sounds good. <laughs> be- Yes, like we're so and. interested in it and it's very we just fun, had to make it about theater once we get into theater we're just gonna go on for hours yeah. um cool michael your card <laughs> okay you have the five of clubs i have uh, five uh first five first what are the stars like in our place the sky the weather i'm gonna say uh because you know they're in the middle of an oasis i don't think they have a lot of you know technology it's just more living off the land so they can very clearly see the stars at night uh, weather is very clear. It's dictated by the gods. Great. That's done. Next one. Cool. Excellent. Any other questions about that one? I like it. All right. I have the nine of diamonds. So for our first nine, our question is, what do people eat and drink here? What is considered traditional? We've already kind of established this, that mushroom. So I think I'm going to go ahead and do a focus situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, and I, I believe mud water was an option yeah, as well. They, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we are not mud sponsored water? by okay, mud water yet. About mud water is mud water alcoholic. Uh, oh. Uh, well, I'm not answering this question, so I'm discarding it. So we'll never know. Um, <laughs> uh, what do I want to do? I'm gonna find a way to circle back to mud yeah, water do being they, alcoholic. Do they have like substances? The different fungi. It sounds like a cocktail. It makes so, you a fun guy. So in real life, mud water is a fungi-based coffee alternative. Interesting. So, I want it to be like a really. Or are you talking about mud water? The thing I get the ads for on like YouTube yes. all the time, where it's like people are like, "Dude, what's that you're drinking?" Hey, what's it's our fucking situation? This place is nicer than my apartment. <laughs> um. As much as I really want to throw us into a scene, I do feel like I want to pick the discover the discover something one. Ooh, yeah, we've I got that. time. We can do um, because I liked what we were talking about with the mining. I think that it is interesting if they start a mining operation and they hit some like ores, some like like Diamond. like. I think that there's a little bit of dissension when they're discovering it, but I think they discover some like magma based ores. They don't know that they're magma based, but like they start using that in tools and that could be like maybe at this starting point that we are starting on is 
sort of the beginning of one of their industrial revolutions or like some kind of mechanical revolution where they've discovered this magma ore. And there's probably some dissension because some people are worried about the fact that people might be digging into the mushroom roots and hurting something that is sacred and important to the society. So we get into sort of like another possible point of conflict. But yeah, I think that there's there's groups that are just digging for because they can't go out maybe they want to go down mm. to see if they can make caves and they don't know what's down there. So I think that that's really the only direction they have options for. So yeah, I think that they discover a magma ore. Cool. So they're getting close to the volcano, but they don't know yet. They don't know yet. Nobody's died yet. Does like props to inventors. Cause if I found a hunk of metal, I'd be like, neat. I would lick what it. What would I do with it <laughs> after that? It probably. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I've been eating mushroom and mud water. So yeah, maybe I'd eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has to. Okay. Um, all right, let me give Aubrey a card. Aubrey, you've got the four of hearts. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, four. What is the primary building or natural material of our place? We It's mushrooms. I'm going to pick a focus situation. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Wait, which number is this? Four. 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 Thank you. Um, all right, okay. Since oh, I want to do C and Omens. Since uh, OJ has has people mining, I think I think they start to disturb the area near where a uh, dormant volcano is. Um, and there is a, a, um, they don't know this, but what is happening is that it's, it's a burst. They've released like a pocket of natural gas. And it is, it is caused not only that, but it's also caused like some sort of earthquake and they've never experienced an earthquake before. Ooh, that's a good omen. Thank you. I mean, it's a bad omen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so. David Tennant. Cool. All right. Um, Tori. Yes. You've got another four. Four of clubs. Ooh, okay. Um, so beneath that is the bar opens their doors to all. What is the bar and who is a regular there? Okay, great. So we there, were There's wondering. an or there too. There's a second question if you oh, want to or, choose or that Or the church changes a core mandate. What is the church and what about their worldview has shifted? Well, I guess we just got this omen. The ground has moved in a way we've never seen it happen before. So I honestly, unless this bumps up against something we've already established, I would say maybe this is a chance for a schism to happen where some folks say that was bad. The gods are mad at us. Um, we need to return to tradition, the church. And maybe the bar is, that was great. The earth just giggled. It loves it. Let us celebrate. Let us keep digging. Um, and then, I don't know. I just was also curious about that. Qu like, do they have um, substances that would alter the mind? Of course, I'm reminded of the Rick and Morty hive mind episode when it's like, when everything's in perfect unity, you don't need to escape the self. Um so how about that piece of ore, one of the properties is a euphoric feeling if you are near mm -hmm. the orb, maybe. Or maybe you lick the you lick. Okay, done. If you lick the orb, you get a feeling of warmth That's and fun. euphoria. So we've got some people Sativa who say... <laughs> um, that We've got some people who say this orb is... this Or, I said orb... This ore is great. The earth loves it. And some people who say, you should put that back. We should not be digging further. And I'll leave it there. I love that. You answered both questions. That's awesome. 
You didn't even have to do that. Me when I choose. Me when I choose both. (laughs) Me when I choose yes and over or. Yeah, I love that. Those were the rules. You did choose the or. You know what? Actually, never mind. I was gonna say it could be something like salt, but salt is antithetical to life. Uh, Did you say antithetical to life? Yeah, nothing can live in salt. Well, we're surrounded by desert. I like salt. (laughs) <laughs> um, num, 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 like num. it makes life better that's what oh I no yeah like. salt salt for sure is like great british people don't like salt um Ooh. so what happens Sorry, yeah is this the end of a cycle or what is this no 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 well it actually is because anish just drew a 10 Ooh. um but normally we would just keep you going are, until anish. We... you're a 10 so true besties oh thank you um out of 100 oh. so <laughs> would you say that take it back suck those words back up a 10 out of a one. Oh. I don't know what that's pretty good. Okay, so talk us through a 10. Yeah, so if the drawn card is a 10, the cycle ends, moving us forward in time. See the following section. I will see the following section. Uh, When a player draws, time advances. A player rolls the six-sided die. This will be a niche. Um, And this number plus the unit of time decided at the beginning of the the game is the length of our gap. Mm, Yep. For example, so yeah, roll your die. Six years. (laughs) Five years. Five years. Okay. Um, you may choose to go forward or backward in time. <gasps> this may be a narrative. Whoa. You, uh, yeah. So that's up to you. You can. Big narrative implications. I think we've set up so many cool things that I need to know what happens in the future. Yes, I agree. Thank you. <laughs> um, and maybe we flash back for the next one. This is where it says this may be a narratively useful place to take a break. This is where breaks, I, I like the their concept of breaks. After rolling the die, talk about something else, grab a snack from the kitchen, walk outside, or feed the cat. Like, do anything. Don't this is probably a tiny gap compared with the one described in our story, but consider allowing some moment to pass and for the actions of the last cycle to fade just slightly into history. Aww. Oh, so, I love this let's game. Take a- Let's take a break. Done. I'm going to go actually feed Thank the cat, and you all do something. 